Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. Something we get confusion around a lot is when we talk about how projectors are only designed to work three hours a week, but then the other energy types get confused of, oh, well, then am I supposed to be the workhorse? Is that supposed to be my job? So I kind of want you to explain a bit about how really none of us are really supposed to be overworking, right? Yeah. And that's such a key thing is that there is a huge difference between working enough um, and, you know, not overdoing it, not overburning out, but also, um, you know, we all need to do a sufficient amount of work to feel like we've used our energy properly, to feel like we have a purpose, to feel like we've made a contribution, to feel good about ourselves. So all that human design says is that everyone has a different level at which that sweet spot lies. So for example, with generators, it's healthy for them and they get high off that, um, the principle of putting work into something and working towards something and using their energy up. And then in the words of Ra Uruhu, who's the founder of human design, receiving back healthy remuneration from that work done. So they need to feel like they're using their energy up. And the same with manifesting generators. They need to do longer hours than just two to three hours a day, usually, because that's just the size of their battery. And it's like, we all need to, you know, when you take a kid out and you just take it to get into a run in the park until it's tired, we all need to do that every single day because we start off with the battery and we need to choose what we put it towards. And everybody feels shit about themselves when we use it towards sitting on the couch all day, every day, seven days in a row doing nothing, right? That's when we start to feel like, well, I'm not interacting with life. I'm not in the game. I'm not playing. There's nothing coming to me. There's nothing um, that's making me feel like my sparkliest self. I'm sitting on my gifts and I'm not doing anything about them. Now, just because we say that projectors are only supposed to work two to three hours a day, we mean like productive um, doing of things. So that would be like the interaction, the giving, the putting stuff out there. And the reason why we say that is because the rest of the time, they're supposed to be sitting and observing and taking things in. And again, that is an active process, but it's just a different active process because you don't look like you're physically using your body, but you still are working ideally, right? That's not to be confused with the sitting on your couch and watching Netflix. Okay. There's a, you can improve the quality of the seeing depending on what you direct your attention and your thoughts towards and your, um, you know, what you're focusing on. Are you looking at people? Are you, deducing down the right things? Are you following rabbit holes and learning about things you're interested in? Are you keeping an open mind? And so, yeah, I think it's a really good myth to try to clear up is that nobody is supposed to be the workhorses and just be enslaved doing everything for everybody else who's just sitting around, swanning around, doing nothing. 
And, you know, if you're doing projectorship correctly, you're also working a lot, right? If you're doing generatorship correctly, like everybody's supposed to be working a lot, but not too much and not too little. It's like that Goldilocks sweet spot. And what human design helps you do is to figure out exactly what it is that is your sweet spot. Now, I know a lot of generators that maybe mentally would think that they would love to work less. And that's because we do come from a culture of overworking. However, if you spend, if you live in a house with a generator and you're a projector, you can see the difference. Okay. Because both of us want the same thing. We want to do something we love. We want to do not too much of it, not too little of it. But you can see the generators and the pace and the output that they're creating all day compared to yours. And that's when you know the difference. So like with everything in human design, I recommend to people that don't try to understand it with your mind. It's when it's in real time and you're witnessing it and you're seeing how it plays out that it makes sense, right? Because I look at generators, for example, when people come and stay with me who are generators, I'm like, oh, they're cranking just way more in the day. And if I try to crank the same way as them and book us the same schedule, I get overstimulated and it just all goes, like my body goes into shutdown. Like my mind goes into, you know, having to restart basically, like computer says no. So it doesn't mean that generators can't be calm. It doesn't mean that they can't be chill. It can't, It doesn't mean they can't do what they love. In fact, they should be doing what they love. Um, but you have to reach this point every day where you feel like you've gotten it out of your system and gotten it out of your system in a way that you've actually enjoyed putting it into the thing you've put it into. So, Because otherwise, what happens to every human being when we don't put our gifts towards our purpose, when we don't put our energy towards things that reward us, that's when we get caught in trying to, as they say, look for God in all the wrong places, right? That's when we start to numb, when we start to distract. Worse, when we get into, you know, chemical addictions and substances and and using extra things to make us feel that aliveness that we're craving that can only come from us cultivating what's sitting within us already. And I want to point out how you just said when you have generators visiting you, you don't want to schedule as much uh, or you don't necessarily feel like you can schedule as much for yourself as you do for them. And I want to clarify that it's not because you're just tired all the time. That's not what it is. It's just that you actually, as a projector, need space for your mind to do its thing. Otherwise, what happens to us, uh, we always kind of joke between each other that we have some really overstimulated nights. And it's because we maybe did too much during the day and didn't give our minds the time to do its processing and thinking. Because then when we go lay our head on the pillow at night, it finally gets to do its processing and thinking. And then it's racing, 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 racing. We can't fall asleep. So it's, I think it's misconstrued that it's, oh, it's just because we're so tired and we need to lay on the couch. But it's like, no, our mind needs to do its thinking. And that's mm -hmm sometimes looks like maybe just laying on the couch or mm -hmm. going for a, a calm walk or things like that. So mm -hmm. it's not that we're necessarily working less than you. It's just that it looks different. Exactly. And I think we have a lot of guilt in our culture. Everybody on this planet is doing some combination of working mentally and working physically and again it's not that generators are supposed to be you know mowing the fields all that all day long but it's like it's a more engaged version of activity and of flurry and of doing so it's not that for example um you know anyone is any combination everyone has their own combination of how much of it is is demonstrable or not but we have this general guilt in our culture of just sitting around even if you're doing a lot mentally. So like, for example, even writing, um, 
is not considered it doesn't look like as much hard work as if you're you know trying to move this uh, couch from one a point a to point b right so we also have this weird thing sometimes where if you're sitting still and working no matter what type you are you almost feel guilty because you have to like prove how much you're like slogging it out and working and struggling whereas like you're probably struggling mentally or not struggling but you're probably efforting mentally in a good way and that's enough but also from a body perspective and from an energy perspective like when I had those two generators recently come stay with me there is a part of me that still feels guilty because I can't give them this like full itinerary of what we're going to do every day together for six days right and I've learned to not feel so bad about being like you guys wake up go to breakfast whatever I'll meet you there afterwards or I can go for one lunch, but if we go out for lunch, I want to stay in for dinner, but you guys are welcome to go out or we can all stay in and make a movie night of it or God knows what. Like there's always ways around it, but I know that now, and I keep making the same mistake again. I know that now when I try to um, not communicate how I am and feel some kind of shame about it or have still contending with some judgment about it myself, like, oh, that means you're boring or that means you're not keeping up or whatever you have to be more fun. You have to be able to like do stuff. You have to get it all in. There's FOMO, whatever. That's kind of when I have to go, no, because my body will show me. It will say, I'm literally physically going to take all of your energy away if you try to overuse it. So it is just about everyone being at different paces, but that none of them are better or worse. And it's not about what your mind thinks. It's about understanding, like taking what we're talking about here and of the energetics of it. And really try it out in your own life and you will see if you're a generator, like you enjoy getting, putting your effort into something, putting your energy into something and getting something back from it. And you enjoy that healthy remuneration for effort. If you are a projector, like don't feel guilty about doing nothing, but improve what the doing nothing is, improve the quality of what you take in, try to actively use it as active time, not passive time, right? There's like, when you do workouts, they call it active recovery, like do that rather than you know, it's not the same as scrolling and and completely just not thinking, you know, when your mind kind of goes numb and into automatic pilot. So I think it really is a big misconception anyway that our collective is going through about what work is, you know, and we talk about this often, you and I, but, you know, AI is going to change our relationship to what quote unquote work needs to be done, what kind of work is required of us as humans, what makes us special versus just a productive machine. So it really is an amazing time to be reframing your relationship to your work and more importantly, what your contribution to this life is that only you can do that is irreplaceable. That is your, you know, your couple nuggets that that really are your your assets and then doubling down on those. Yeah. And I think it's also worth pointing out, though, that. Even as you're saying that when you have friends coming in town, you don't, you know, personally for yourself, like you don't like to have things scheduled out too far, like too far in advance for yourself. You mm-hmm. like to wake up later in the morning. Whereas me as a projector, I like to know exactly what I'm doing. I like to have a plan. Like I'm going to 4th of July with my friends this weekend. I'm the opposite of you. You're inconsistent. I'm consistent, meaning Mm -hmm. your top right arrow is pointing right. My top left, my top left arrow is pointing left. So So it's the top left arrow. And if it points to the left, you're consistent. And if it points to the right, you're inconsistent. Sorry. Yeah. Too many lefts and rights. It's sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. 
But yeah, so even us as projectors, the way we conserve our energy looks different. So like, mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing over the next five days with my friends. I know what I've committed to and I know there's space in my day and I'm perfectly fine with mornings. I will, that's my, I would prefer to wake up bright and early in the morning, go on a hike, go to a coffee shop and then know that I can turn in early at night. That's me. So that mm -hmm. applies the same to generators where- yep they have to look at what does their work look like too? You know what I mean? Not all mm -hmm. of that. Some of them are, you know, moving the couch from point A to point B, but some of them are thinkers, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But their thinking is going to look different than our thinking. And you writing a book is going to look different than your friend who's a generator that's writing a book. Mm -hmm. Like the process looks different. So it's like, it's so, yeah. like, I love that you even say that we're just in a time where we're recalibrating our relationship to work and what it looks like anyway. So of course we're asking these questions. Of course the generators are getting frustrated saying, I'm sick of that. Mm -hmm. Let's get out of that because you aren't supposed to be in that. No. And I, I think it's a little bit perpetuated. My feeling is it's a little bit perpetuated by projectors who first come to this work who feel like, oh my God, it's my permission slip to rest and relax but then they kind of misunderstand that that is not specific to them that all of us are learning this lesson um and so it's a good thing to keep talking about and keep reframing um and I think you're right about you know there's so many variables within your chart that like I love that you pointed that out for example like I don't like scheduling that's not because I'm a projector I don't like waking up early but that's because my my digestion is indirect light um, there's so many things that go into finding your perfect, um, you know, it's your instruction manual, the, the ideal way for you to live and work and show up and be in the world. Um, and so, like you say, even with manifesting generators, manifestors, reflectors, they are all different from each other, even though what we have in common with our energy type is purely and only the way that we contribute give and receive energy to this world the way that our energy patterns are what the patterning looks like if you draw on a graph for example the patterns would be similar the cycles would be similar and also the way that we create and manifest and go into not self right so it would be your um, energy type your strategy your signature and your not self those are the things that you have in common with the same people of your same energy type everything else is up for grabs so if for the sake of the manifestors and reflectors who have listened to this, how would you pull them into this conversation of, you know, framing, reframing, overworking for all of us? Well, manifestors and reflectors are also both open sacrals. So like projectors, they take in the energy of other people. So when you want to, when you're around people, they're the same issue with us where we can kind of think temporarily that we can keep up with everybody else because we're taking in, we're borrowing their energy temporarily at the beginning. But then if we do too much of it, we're going to burn out. So it's the same for them. Um, but also, you know, manifestors, when they have a surge of energy, they can be functioning at 200%. And sometimes that can feel so good because that's what society has validated, that they then try to be at 200% all the time. But what they need to understand is that they're either at 200% or at 20% and in the flux and the flow in between. But if they don't give the 20% a healthy validity then the 200% can't be in in healthy balance either and vice versa so it's like when you get an urge please act on it 
Okay. And the more urges you have that you act on, the more you'll feel like it's okay to rest and be in your 200 because you've already shown yourself that you're creating stuff for your life. You've already shown yourself that things can happen and you can still take breaks. And I think that principle applies to everyone is like, you will rest better when you know that you can rest because you've trusted yourself enough to see that you can do and rest and they can both coexist as different um, balanced elements of your life. I was going to say a perfect example is right now Taylor Swift. She is on tour and we're pretty certain she's a manifester, especially after seeing her right now. That's kind of confirmed it for me. But everyone's like, how like how does she not sleep how is this woman not tired and in my head I'm like oh she's a manifester in her 200% right now like she'll be on a tour like performing in Philadelphia fly to New York and go out to dinner with her friends like she's she's non-stop right now because she's in a 200% but I can pretty much guarantee you she's gonna disappear for a mm-hmm. while after this mm-hmm. and that's learning that that pattern is okay and actually super correct for you is really important for them. And it look like we see from her, we see from Adele, we see yeah. from JK Rowling, like it only skyrockets your, mm-hmm. your productivity and your success because then when you're supposed to give it your all, you really do give it your all. And then you allow yourself to wait for the next urge, surge, whatever to come because you trust the timing of life and because you know you can rely on yourself to create your dreams. So you're not in a rush to have the next tour right after this one is wrapped, for example overworking for them is when they're pushing themselves in that 20% when they should be in that 20%, right? Yeah. And it's also like not taking advantage of the 200% or thinking that the 200% is their norm and then comparing everything to the 200%. But I would say that most manifestors haven't actually even experienced their own 200%. They've probably worked themselves silly, but they haven't experienced themselves like working on literally just following a very spontaneous surge that they don't even understand or can't even make sense of that just turbocharges their energy to the place where they feel like super freaking capable and that they're not doing it because they have to, but they're doing it just because they want. And it's this like unbelievable um, fuel source that just will skyrocket you the size of your aura. Literally, we've spoken about this before, but you know, manifestors have such a big aura. And so you will feel the size of that when you act as if it is when you when you activate it right so that's that's the feeling that we're going after but also not mistaking that that's always supposed to be the case so it's like expansion contraction expansion contraction expansion contraction and like every law of the universe it's a it's in perfect balance you know you have to pull the arrow back before it goes forward you have to have summer and then winter you know you can't have one without the other so it's the same with with um, with this cycle for manifestors, and it's the same for all of our energy cycles, you know. And it's about improving the quality of both our work and our rest. For reflectors, so for reflectors, it's really interesting because they can take on the energy so much of you know the environment. We say this all the time, but what that actually means in this case scenario is that you don't have a predictable pattern, right? Because you can be around people if you are working in an environment that is like really super turbocharged, you can turn that on. But if you're not going to be there tomorrow, then you might not be that way. So I feel like it can kind of be confusing, but it also is the easiest one to kind of manipulate. Because if you want to be a certain way for a certain task or for a certain reason or for a certain whatever, you can kind of make it happen. And also you have to before all of that honor being in places that you feel good in because that's what lines up 
the perfect amount of energy that you're going to pick up on, the perfect amount of productivity energy that you're going to use and borrow from other people, the perfect amount of whatever. So it's always about, do you feel good in this place? And if you don't, please prioritize that as the thing to change. And that can be micro, like being at in one corner of the party when you want to be on the other corner, but it also could be in the city that you live in or, you know, whatever it is. But for reflectors, the energy is the most influential by the outside world. So, but like projectors, we they have to remember that they will burn out if they try to get too high on whatever they're picking up on and believing it's their own and then trying to kind of keep up and maintain and push. They have to kind of go in realizing that they're going to get colored by whatever they're going to be around, but not to over-identify with it. So then they're not expecting themselves to be the same way tomorrow because they're not going to be, even if they tried, they couldn't be. And that would only be suffering to them. So it's almost like you want to go in like a fun game, like, Ooh, I wonder how much energy this is. The day is going to give me today, the places and people and things are going to give me. Um, and the only way that I can make sure they're the perfect ones for me for today is to veer towards the ones that feel good in the moment and go away, literally remove myself from the ones that don't. And that's how you get your, um, the perfect timing of, of energy when you need it. So it's almost like that being in places and around people that make you feel good for reflector is like the mechanism through which they get the energy that they need to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish in that time frame. That's Mm -hmm. why you say that so often Mm -hmm. because they'll mirror that. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing, what has been so obvious to me recently, and I always have known this, but it's like even more strong right now is that when we approach spirituality, we still approach it with our minds rather than our bodies. And human design is all about using your body, right? How much more alignment you can do when you are just embracing the unknown and listening to your internal cues that are inbuilt in you, right? And I think when we try to approach spirituality, we want to know all the answers. We think the answers and knowing more is always going to make us feel safe. So the brain naturally wants to learn more and say more and explore new things and whatever. But actually, your spiritual growth comes back to the same lessons over and over and over again. So even if you've heard us say so many times, reflectors, like pay attention to the environment you're in, remove yourself from the places that don't feel good and go towards the things that do. It's not, okay, I've heard it once, I've done it once and now we're one and done. It's like the magic is in applying the simplicity of it towards every single day, day in, day out. And I think that the best spiritual teachers are the people who don't gatekeep by making it feel complicated and that it's hard to grasp and that it's hard to understand it is the moments where you hear from somebody like you know listen to your emotions and you do that every single day or um you know get comfortable not needing to have all the answers if you're a three like experiment with it like that's not a one and done that's something that you Taylor remind yourself of regularly that you're deconditioning yourself. You're being that voice in your own head that is deconditioning yourself and saying, it's okay to be this way, even though the world tells me it's not, right? So sure, you can read all the books and all the concepts and all these fancy things about beautiful writings of very spiritual people. And there is a place for that. And I love that stuff too. But what makes you a spiritual person and what changes your life is every single day, remind yourself, okay, I'm going to go in environments that make me feel good. Or as a projector, I'm not going to judge myself for the fact that I can't keep up with people. And the beautiful, unifying, humbling thing 
is that no matter how high you go in life, no matter how much success you you reach, no matter how much happiness, no matter how much joy, no matter how much alignment, wherever you are on the scale, it's always the same lessons. So it makes you understand and empathize with people who you see, your ego sees as above you or ahead of you or below you or behind you. Because we're all just learning the le- same lessons over and over again, but just applying it to new situations and new areas of our life where we were previously blind and hadn't applied them to. And I think that's a very, very humbling um, thing because it's now not like I'm working on some, you know, crazy special thing that I only have earned the right to do after nine years of being in human design. It's like, no, no, honey, I still, you still got to learn how to listen to your emotional authority even deeper, or you still have to honor your energy in these other ways that you didn't see before or whatever it is. And I think that makes us all one. I love when you share that because it is humbling, but it's also comforting Mm -hmm. that this is the game I'm always going to be playing. And so why don't I just get really good at this game and know that the better I get at playing my game, Mm -hmm. the closer I'm going to like the more alive I'm going to feel, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and your instruction manual is always your instruction manual. It's, um, it's the, it's the experiences and the days in your life that change. And it's just an invitation to come back to who you really are and be who you really are today. And then tomorrow and then the day after. And that's what compounds. It's not, life isn't necessarily measuring what's happening to you outside. Life is measuring how much you are meeting that with reaffirming to yourself every day, what you choose to be in relationship to that, in response to that. And I think that's really, you know, that is the adventure of a lifetime. <laughs>